Welcome to today's issues. Join us for the next hour as we offer a Christian response to the issues of the day. Welcome back to, or welcome to rather, today's issues on American Family Radio. Welcome back in the sense that I was here with you on Tuesday. My name is Walker Wildman. I'm sitting in for my dad, Tim Wildman, here on today's issues on American Family Radio. Fred Jackson's with me today. Good morning, Walker. Good to have you, Fred. We got a lot of breaking news items. Uh, Chris Woodward. Good morning. Glad to have you back Thank in you the studio. Uh, check out our website, AFR.net. You can listen live to the show at AFR.net. You can also download the American Family Radio app on your smartphone, on your tablet device. Uh, it's free. takes you a couple minutes to download the app. And then lastly, we are on Facebook and YouTube live streaming the show. Just type in today's issues on those two platforms. You can find the shows uh, there, find the show there and the stories we talk about on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, today, Chris, we have a couple breaking news items within the last hour coming yes. out of the Supreme Court. Yeah, if you have not uh, turned on the television or heard newscast uh, yet this morning, a mix of uh, bad and good rulings today from the high court. Uh, let's begin with this one. Uh, the Supreme Court has dismissed the latest challenge to the Affordable Care Act, or Obamacare, as some people call it. This was a 7-2 to two opinion. I'll get into who voted how uh, in just a second. Uh, but this is that case that we have reported on a lot over the past year or so, brought by Texas and other Republican-led states, as well as a few individuals. They claimed that Obamacare was not constitutional since the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017 zeroed out the tax penalty for people that did not have health insurance. Uh, attorney General Ken Paxton is the attorney general that brought this case uh, from Texas. And as I mentioned, some other states have joined on board. But uh, in a 7-2 to two opinion this morning, the Supreme Court said the Republican-led states and the individuals had no right to bring their lawsuit in federal court. I'll get reaction to that later this morning. Um, details are kind of fuzzy as to uh, the argument they made there. Uh, but of the 7-2 to two opinion, it looks like Justice Amy Coney Barrett joined the majority alongside uh, Chief Justice John Roberts in upholding Obamacare, as well as uh, Brett Kavanaugh, uh, one of Trump's uh, appointees to the Supreme Court, Neil Gorsuch was in dissent, signing on to an opinion from Justice Sam Alito. So long and short, uh, Obamacare is here to stay, at least for right now. Yeah, Obamacare is here to stay. The That kind of doesn't surprise me. It does surprise me that the more conservative justices joined. But I want to talk about this Catholic Services yes. case. Yes, this I think is. This is, this is a big deal in, in a good way. Uh, Fred, from let me just set mm -hmm. this up, and then, and then I'll let you comment on it. What this has to do with just keeping it at 40,000 feet. It has to do with the Philadelphia city, the city of Philadelphia, the city government contracting with a Roman Catholic adoption agency. Well, the city of Philadelphia ended up discriminating against the adoption agency, the mm -hmm. Roman Catholic adoption agency, because of their beliefs, basically their beliefs, uh, not allowing, uh, homosexual quote-unquote couples uh, to adopt uh, through their service through their nonprofit service there so right that was the tenant of the case the tenants of the case and the Supreme Court ruled nine to zero that the city of Philadelphia cannot discriminate against Christian adoption agencies because of their religious beliefs yeah uh, number one I'm shocked it was a nine zip decision mm-hmm 
I mean, because you're now including some of the most left-wing justices we have on that court. Yeah. And it seems to be inconsistent with some of the other decisions they have made when it comes to homosexual rights. Uh, so we're just getting this information. I'd like to read some of the majority, mm-hmm. literally the majority, the, the decision that came in on their reasoning about this. But we can rejoice this morning in that you have this decision. It's a United States Supreme Court decision saying that the city of Philadelphia could not discriminate on the basis of the religious beliefs of the foster agency. Why is this important? I believe it's important because we have several other entities. There is a a, a group in Kentucky mm-hmm. right now. I think they're in a battle with the governor of Kentucky yeah. over this same issue. Uh, it is a Baptist organization mm-hmm. in Kentucky. Sunrise Children's Services. Sunrise Children's Services. Uh, they right now have, I think, about 800 foster kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the governor there, a Democrat, is fighting with them because he wants them to be able to give kids to homosexual families. Right. They're saying our beliefs do not allow that. So this is a very important decision. Yeah. It sets a precedent out there mm-hmm. that goes far beyond the Philadelphia case. Yeah, to, to bring a, uh, an analogy that might better help our listeners understand this, this would be as if, Everyone knows of Samaritan's Purse, uh, Billy Graham's organization headed up now by Franklin Graham. Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, a a subsidiary of the Billy Graham Evangelical Association. Samaritan's Purse does relief work, humanitarian relief work across the world, around the world, and in the U.S. This would be like a local municipality or a state government refusing to, to partner with Samaritan's Purse for relief work and do a contract simply because Samaritan's Purse is a Christian organization. Yes. Very similar. Mm. In Philadelphia, you have a Christian adoption agency partnered with, did a contract with the city, probably to carry out foster care type services. Um, And the Philadelphia, the city of Philadelphia attempted to, they did discriminate against this Roman Catholic group simply because of their religious beliefs, and so the Supreme Court in a 9-0 decision said that they're not going to have that. That is, there has been bad rulings, uh, Chris, in recent years when it comes to religious freedom from the Supreme Court. Yes. Last year we had some bad ones, uh, but this one is 9-0. That's a very good good ruling. Yeah, and just to recap, if you're just now joining us, uh, this morning the Supreme Court of the United States uh, finds in Fulton v. Philadelphia, that's the name of the case, that the city's refusal to contract with Catholic Social Services over CSS's uh, refusal to work with LGBTQ couples violates the free exercise clause of the U.S. Constitution. Interestingly enough, the American Civil Liberties Union is reviewing the decision. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. But, you, you know, uh, okay, I, I'm looking for consistency here. Yeah. You have people like Baron L. Stutzman, the florist in Washington State. Right. The state of Washington came after her basically saying your religious beliefs against homosexuality, uh, you violated our non-discrimination policy in this state by refusing to, to provide flowers for a homosexual wedding. Mm-hmm. We have an update on the Jack Phillips case yes. in Colorado. We'll talk about that in a minute. But it's the same basic argument. Does the government, whether it's federal or state, have a right 
to dictate that your religious beliefs, whether it's an individual or a foster agency, doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. We're going to force you to go against your mm -hmm. religious beliefs. We have a nine-zip decision now from the Supreme Court in this Philadelphia case. Tell me what the difference is in the Baronel Stutzman case and the Jim Phillips case. Right. In both cases, their religious beliefs are under persecution by a state government. Yeah. So tell me what the difference is here. Yeah, this, um, you know, sir, businesses have the right to refuse services for any and all reasons, mm -hmm. with the exception of our Civil Rights Act of 1964. Um, they can, if I don't have shoes on, we see the signs, yeah. no shoes, <laughs> no, no shirt, yeah. no service. Right. Yeah. If I go into a restaurant with no shoes on, the manager doesn't have, they can say, sir, we require our customers to have shoes on. They can say, they don't even have to have a reason. They can simply say, we just don't want to serve you. Um, so, so Christian business owners should have the absolute right yeah. to refuse services to anyone uh, that they don't want to serve. Well, and, you know, the Supreme Court could have saved a lot of headaches uh, a few years ago when they ruled whether or not Jack Phillips had to design the cake. But they didn't. They just said Colorado's Civil Rights Commission was being unfair to him and violated yeah, they, his rights. They, they, and then that's why Jack Phillips is back where yes. he is today. Now, speaking of uh, Jack Phillips, and shout out to Steve Jordahl for cutting this uh, soundbite for me this morning. Uh, Jack Phillips is still in court over cake disputes. Now, as we have reported on American Family News and OneNewsNow.com, uh, Jack Phillips was approached a few years ago by an attorney. This is an attorney that was born a man. He now says he is a she and wanted Jack Phillips to make a so-called gender transition cake. But Jack, much like he does with a lot of other cakes, said, no, I can't do that. I, I don't believe in that. Um, and the attorney who brought the case is the one that ordered the case, uh, the cake. The attorney took Jack to court, and this week, a court in the state of Colorado ruled that uh, Jack has to be fined $500 for not designing that so-called gender transition cake. I've got some audio here. Um, this is going to be uh, Colorado Baker Jack Phillips. Says the last few years have been very hard on him, and his attorney, ADF's Kristen Wagoner, says the issue is um, very, um, it needs to be solved. Clip 11. The Civil Rights Commission took away my wedding business, which was a large percentage of my business at that time, ordered me to retrain my staff, including my 88-year-old mom, um, and report to them quarterly for any cake that I wouldn't create. So we've had death threats, we've had hateful emails and hundreds of phone calls. It's just been a crazy uh, few years. Well, you're right, Dana, to point out what the core issue is, and that is whether an American can be forced to create a message that violates their core convictions. And it doesn't matter what side of the debate you're on when it comes to the nature of being a man or a woman or marriage or anything else. All Americans have the constitutional right not to be compelled to express messages that violate their core convictions. Now, once again, the Supreme Court ruled today in the foster care case that Philadelphia violated their free exercise rights. Can I, can I just read the decision in the Philadelphia case was written by Chief Justice John Roberts. I think it's really important that we read from his decision, which was joined by the other eight justices. Mm -hmm. CSS, Catholic Social Services, I'm, I'm quoting him now, the Chief Justice, seeks only an accommodation that will allow it to continue serving the children of Philadelphia in a manner consistent with its religious beliefs. It does not seek to impose those beliefs on anyone else. 
The refusal of Philadelphia to contract with CSS for the provision of foster care services unless it agrees to certify same-sex couples as foster parents cannot survive strict scrutiny and violates the First Amendment. Walker, this is what conservative groups have been preaching now for years. Yeah. That Christians still have First Amendment rights yep. to exercise their religious beliefs. Yeah, and this gets into this gets into the IRS under President Obama going after yeah. yes. Christian groups. Yes. De- denying them uh their 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 IRS status uh simply because of their religious beliefs. <clears throat> so this should hopefully set a good precedent moving forward uh that um, Christian-run businesses, Christian-run organizations should not have to violate their religious beliefs um, when uh, when serving others, when operating. It's so. really interesting. The mainstream media is going nuts over this. Here's what they're saying about this already, that the Supreme Court pulled a fast one today. Mm-hmm. First, they released the Obamacare one, upholding Obamacare, and then the foster care case and the mainstream media is already accusing the Supreme Court of playing footsie mm-hmm. on this because they knew the second decision would be extremely controversial. So watch out, folks, the way the mainstream media is going to cover this story today. The Supreme Court yeah. likes to come out with surprising, shocking rulings toward the end of a week. Hobby Lobby came down on a Thursday, Friday. Yes. Something yep. like that. At the end of June. Fascinating. Right. Fascinating. Uh, Chris, what do we got? What else do we Well, have? you know what? Uh, we made it. We made it. Uh, A good while without leading the show with something about Joe Biden, but I do have to bring this up because uh, the president's uh, really being taken to task for his angry confrontation yesterday with a CNN reporter over her daring to ask him a a tough question. Um, This is audio of President Biden losing his temper yesterday after being asked a question by CNN White House correspondent Caitlin Collins about uh, Biden's meeting with Putin. Clip one. Why are you so confident he'll change his behavior, Mr. President? Yeah, I'm not confident he'll change his behavior. What do you do all the time? So, when did I say I was confident? You said I said, what I said was, let's get it straight. I said, what will change their behavior is that the rest of the world reacts to them and it diminishes their standing in the world. I'm not confident of anything. Just stating the fact. But given his past behavior has not changed, and in that press conference after sitting down with you for several hours, he denied any involvement in cyber attacks. He downplayed human rights abuses. He even refused to say Alexei Navalny's name. So how does that account to a constructive meeting as President, President Putin? Friday? You don't understand that. You're in the wrong business. Is summit with China? Now, if you are if you haven't seen the video yet, he's walking off the stage when Caitlin is asking him this question. Um, and he gets mad and he goes he he gets up like near her and he's like pointing his finger at her. Yeah. And you know, I I bring this up because A, he just went on a foreign policy visit when he he's getting hammered for it. And I'll get more on that in just a second. Uh, but about a month ago, if it's even been that long, the New York Times had an article that said Joe Biden has a short fuse. And clearly we saw evidence of that yesterday when somebody from CNN did her job yeah. and asked a tough question. Yeah, these press conferences are, are horrendous. Um, you actually don't leave them any better off than before the press conference. If anything, 
when the press conference is over, you're more confused about Biden's position on things than you were before the press conference began. I mean, Fred, this is absolutely embarrassing on the na- on the world stage, on the national stage. Um, Biden is is unable to 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 answer questions, and when he does get asked a tough question, he snaps on the reporter. Oh, he snaps, and uh, you know, I just go back to the days uh, President Trump. He'd head out of the White House going to Marine One. He'd walk over. He didn't have to do this. He'd walk over to all the reporters. Have at me. Yeah. Ask any question you want. Yeah. You know, be nasty to me. Joe Biden, they've got him so tightly bound. When I say they, I'm saying the his aides, Jen Psaki, mm-hmm. and all the rest. Yep. If you watch a Joe Biden news conference, he has a little card. All right, this and this is what he says. This is the piece of paper that they gave me with the list of reporters that I'm going to go to. He did yep. that yesterday. He does it every news conference. He yeah. did. What you just heard was a question hollered out by the reporters. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden didn't like the question. Right. And he could not control his temper. And he went ballistic on a CNN reporter. It wasn't mm-hmm. even a Fox reporter. If Trump had done that, yeah. Rachel Maddow would still be on air, weeping, wailing, gnashing her teeth, and she'd probably be bald from pulling her yeah. hair out. I'm going to ask Brent, our producer, to pull up the clip that we had earlier this week of uh, of Biden back at not at the not at the NATO summit, mm-hmm. not meeting with Putin, but at the G7 summit. Um, where he's asked about Putin, and he waffles, and he uhs, and he ahs. So we'll we'll play that in a few minutes. But the uh, Chris, before we before we sh- uh, play that for our listeners, the uh, Biden had something to say to Putin about cybersecurity yes. and, and which which uh, which sectors of the economy that they can hack and they can't hack. Yes, I do not have audio of this, but I'll, I'll sum it up real quick because I know Brent's got the clip you wanted ready. Um, Details of the meeting are fuzzy, but what we do know is that they've talked about they talked about things including cyber attacks. Obviously, we just had the Colonial Pipeline situation. You had the meat producer that got a, a cyber attack, and other people probably as well, businesses. Um, but apparently, uh, news reports are today that President Biden gave Vladimir Putin a list of things that are off limits in terms of cyber attacks. It was like fifteen things. So, so apparently, the wor- the free leader of the world. Joe Biden, Joe Vanilla Cone Biden, okay, told a world leader, okay, you can do cyber attacks, just don't do cyber attacks here and here and here. Uh, Fred, this was, I thought I was reading the Babylon Bee. (laughs) Joe Biden, literally, folks, we're not making this up. He told Vladimir Putin which parts of the American economy or the American system are off limits for hacking with the insinuation that you can hack the rest. That's right. And, you know, we're discussing during a story meeting this morning, not on that list is Christian ministries. So I guess Joe Biden would be okay if the Russians came after uh, our uh, internet system. He'd be okay with that. Right. Uh, He'd be okay with Christian legal firms, Mm -hmm. all of those sorts of things. But to give this gift to the president of russia who and i mean by giving him the list he's saying everybody knows you guys are doing this yes you're you're and they're not going to stop and and you're not going to stop so at least can i give you some guidelines (laughs) on who to destroy in america that's like that's like the chicago mayor giving the criminals guidelines on which 
which parts of the city not to shoot up. Right. But you can shoot up the rest. Right. Imagine uh, what Putin is thinking in his head. All right, <laughs> folks, let's, let, we're going to play this clip. This is from Biden at the G7 summit try, answering a question about Putin. And this is how incompetent his, his responses are. In a weekend interview, Vladimir Putin laughed at the suggestion that you had called him a killer. Is that still your belief, sir, that he is a killer? And I'll continue the trend, if you don't mind, of asking a second question. Do you believe if he does agree to cooperate, then what kind of a challenge do you find yourself in? How would you ever trust him? And if Ronald Reagan said, trust but verify, what do you say to Vladimir Putin? <laughs> Answer the first question. <laughs> I'm laughing, too. They actually, I... Well, look, I mean, he has made clear that uh, uh, the answer is, I believe he has in the past essentially acknowledged that he was uh, there are certain things that he would do or did do. But look, um, when I was asked that question on air, I answered it honestly. But. It's not much of a I, – I, I don't think it matters a whole lot in terms of this next meeting we're about to have. Well, there you have it. <laughs> it doesn't matter much. I called him a killer, but that doesn't matter much. That's baffling. And, and our producer had to cut down the pause there. Way to go, Brent. Because the pause was like eight or nine seconds. Um, and we, we can't have nine seconds of dead <laughs> dead radio, uh, silence on radio. Yeah. But, but Fred, his, his – Biden's responses at these press conferences, and some of these are done with talking points and, and a teleprompter provided, Yes, are the most incoherent uh, responses I've heard in a long time. Sadly, this goes to what a lot of folks warned us about back in the election campaign, that if you elect Joe Biden, you're electing someone who has, we've used the phrase before, lost his fastball. Yeah that at 78 years of age, he is not able to carry out his duties as president of the United States the way someone younger could. Right. And that is why, that is why Jen Psaki, his White House media handler, mm -hmm. has confessed that we don't want him taking off-the-cuff questions because it puts him in line of being baffled before the American people. Yeah, and Chris, yesterday mm -hmm. the president himself admitted at a at another press conference. He started off the press conference by saying, "Let me go to the reporters in which my aides have told me to go to." Correct. And, and so he said, "Jonathan at the Associated Press, right? Yeah, you can go first. This is not uh, Walker making it up. You can hear it from your uh, hear it for yourself. Clip two. And as usual, folks, they gave me a list." of the people I'm going to call on. So, uh, Jonathan, Associated Press. He keeps using this phrase, I'm going to get in trouble. With who? You're the president of the United States. Who are you going to get in trouble with, Joe Biden? It's almost as if he is under someone's control, someone's thumb. And if he does the wrong thing, he says the wrong thing, he walks the wrong way, it's either, I don't know, what are they doing to the guy? Are they, is this, a, is this a, an incident of elder abuse? Are they threatening to take away his pudding? Are they are they locking him in a closet after he goes off stage? What are they doing to this guy? Now, Todd Starnes has not joined the discussion. I so the first voice was there. the president. The latter voice was yes. Todd Starnes' commentary yeah. yes. on, on his show about that. You know what's interesting? Peter Ducey, who is the White House correspondent for Fox, 
they do not go to him. No, because they actually ask tough, tough questions. He has to scream out questions. Right. Yeah. And the president has trouble with that. Yeah, and when he does scream out questions, he gets called a lion dog face pony soldier. <laughs> whatever, whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think I found out that's like three movies combined. <laughs> All right, folks. Today's issues: American Family Radio. We'll be back in a few minutes after the break. I think I've got a stumper for you this week. Trivia Friday. You know you laugh, and you know you always learn something. What vegetable did an ancient Egyptian place his right hand when taking an oath? (laughs) Yeah, it's funny now, but put yourself in my place. That funny, Jim? It is. But listen to the question. (laughs) Trivia Friday. You'll want to tune in. 10 a.m. Central on American Family Radio. What would it be like if every person knew that they were created in the image of God? After two years in the making, American Family Studios proudly presents In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. There are only two sexes, male or female. If you're conceived with a Y chromosome, you will develop into a male. In His Image is a documentary featuring life-changing testimonies of former LGBT individuals. In my most formative years of development of sexuality, I went through a brutal time of uh, sexual distortion, molestation. Visit InHisImage.movie to watch In His Image. Well, everybody, welcome to this unboxing video as we unrocked my hormone blockers. In His Image from American Family Studios is available now for free viewing. Visit inhisimage.movie. You're made in the image of God. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. An Illinois school district is under fire after they confiscated a little girl's Bible while she was reading during recess. It's not much of a surprise because we have a bunch of godless anti-Christian Democrats leading our nation's public education system. Just last month, a Michigan valedictorian was ordered to remove God from her graduation speech. The second grader named Gabrielle liked to bring her Bible to school and read it during recess. The school contacted Gabrielle's parents, told them their daughter was not allowed to read the good book during recess. The ACLJ fired off a letter to the district reminding them of a Supreme Court ruling that ruling held students do not shed their constitutional rights to freedom of speech at the schoolhouse door. But let's be honest, had Gabrielle been reading rules for radicals to her classmates instead of the Holy Bible, she probably would have been given a gold star and a cookie. I'm Todd Starnes. Be silent before me so that I may speak. Then let come upon me what may. Why should I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in my hands? Though he slay me, I will hope in him. 
Job 13, 13 through 15. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of Today's Issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of Today's Issues. Welcome back to Today's Issues on American Family Radio. I'm your host, Walker Wildman. With me, Fred Jackson and Chris Woodward. Chris, lead us back into the news headlines of the day. Yes, this very well could have been the lead today. Um, I think a lot of people didn't catch it yesterday when news came out, but the Department of Education is telling schools that trans students, so-called transgender students, have Title IX rights, and therefore boys who claim to be girls should be able to compete in female sports and use bathrooms and locker rooms and shared spaces, things of that sort. Uh, And as you would imagine, this has gotten a lot of reaction in the last 12, 24 hours. I've got a montage here of Tony Perkins, president of Family Research Council, talking about this on his radio show alongside Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee. Clip 10. We have the states, Republican states, I should say, that are taking strong stands, pushing back against the federal government. But the, the threat is so great on the educational front. It is of such concern to parents. You look at the Equality Act, where young women would actually lose opportunity under the Equality Act because they would be competing against biological males in sports. And when it comes to college scholarships, if someone deems themselves female, but they're male, then those girls would be competing against those biological males for college scholarships. We have to be diligent and fight back on this every single day. Now, this could be uh, overturned at some point um, by a court because Alliance Defending Freedom continues to represent those female athletes in Connecticut that are not happy with their state forcing them to compete against biological males. Yeah, and to be clear, this is a DOJ... I guess this is a DOJ legal opinion. Mm. Uh, this wasn't a, a court ruling per se, uh, but this is the position of the Department of Justice. It is. And they're they're often the ones defending the Biden administration and mm-hmm. defending certain positions through the court system. Yes. Uh, through all the U.S. attorneys across the country, Fred. This is a, an effort by the Biden administration to intimidate uh, school districts across the country because they're threatening to cut off federal funds Uh, Sadly, many school districts in this country have allowed themselves to become dependent on federal dollars for school lunch programs, all of that sort of thing. But just stop and think about this. The homosexual transgender community in this country may represent 2%, 3% of the total population. Mm -hmm. This is a particular issue where you will find Democrat voters just as upset as Republican voters. Absolutely. You stop and think for a moment. You may have voted for Joe Biden, Mm. but did you really think that Joe Biden was going to pass policies, dictate policies to this country, that you as a liberal parent, you've got a daughter that wants to compete in soccer or whatever the case may be, swimming, whatever the case may be, and Joe Biden is saying, I'm going to allow a boy who simply declares, I feel like a girl today and want to compete in girls' sports Mm -hmm. to compete against my daughter. Do you think that liberal parent is just going to say, oh, well, 
I voted for Joe, so I'm going to go along with this. Yeah. On not on yeah. because we're talking about potential for college, university scholarships, all of those sorts of things. I, I tell you, the weight is going to come down. I I believe against Joe Biden and this policy. Yeah, yeah. This is a um, this this idea that men and women, boys and girls, are the same. That God did not create them different um, is a farce, and and people are furious about it. And we we even created an entire documentary that addresses this issue called In His Image. You mm-hmm. can go to In His Image dot movie and and watch more find out more about that but but chris we have this movement and and we thought that there was this narrative that all the left wanted was same-sex quote-unquote marriage right mm-hmm. all we need is obergefell and if, if if and we're not trying to uh, invade anyone else's opinion or lives it's live and let live i mean we had all these nice sayings floating around out there and then it was not, it wasn't even 12 months after the 2015 Supreme Court decision uh, that legalized same-sex marriage in America. It wasn't 12 months after that we were debating the North Carolina bathroom bill. Yes. About boys being able to go in girls' bathrooms mm-hmm. in North Carolina. That was being debated. Yeah. And if, you know, people are like, oh, you know, we should be inclusive and these transgender, they, that's what they feel like they are and all that stuff. People take advantage of these policies. How many times over the past five years have I interviewed you about some pervert taking advantage of Target's bathroom yes. policy? Yeah, exactly. A policy meant to benefit so-called transgender right. people, but you had perverts taking advantage of yeah, it. Yeah, Fred, the, 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 the policies we want in place are not controversial or... Um, they're not controversial policies. If you're a boy, then you play on the boys' basketball team. Yes. If you're a girl, then you run with the girls' track team. That has been going on for hundreds of years. Yes. It shouldn't be controversial. No, we want to follow the science. Folks. Good point. We want to follow the science. And I and are you going to allow feelings mm-hmm. to trump science? Yes. Are you going to allow feelings to trump facts? Mm-hmm. That's why I don't think this this kind of nonsense is going to survive in this country. Yeah, uh, and it has nothing to do with liberal or conservative politics. It has to do with reality. Yes, you know, I, I was mentioning: do, Does a liberal parent want their daughter getting into a wrestling ring mm-hmm. where she's supposed to be wrestling a female with a thug, right? A male. And who, there are cases who like proceeds that. Yeah. to beat yeah. up his daughter. Yes, come on, parent. Yeah, yeah and but speak see, up. see the the Democrats claim that they're the party of science. Yeah, but when you look at their positions, they're the most anti-science group mm-hmm. in America. Yes, when you talk about the issue of life. Yes, they deny that life begins at conception. Right. Mm-hmm. Even though the science for the last thirty years, twenty to thirty years, has been very clear that life begins at conception. The scientific community is in consensus. Yeah. There is consensus in the scientific community that life begins at conception, but the Democrats say no, it doesn't. This goes without saying, but there is far more science dismissing what they want to do in this area than there is science proving climate change is real. Yeah, they, they talk about so-called global warming. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, not too long ago, about 10 years ago, the globe stopped warming. It started cooling, 
What do they do? They change their terminology. They did. It's now climate change. It's, yeah. It's called cycles. Well, it's been going on since creation. Yeah, and, you know, since, the, since media, Genesis. the media plays a big role in this, obviously. Um, USA Today is firmly of the opinion that climate change is real, it's bad, and it's going to get worse unless we do something. And just today, they have a story out today. USA Today says the uh, extreme heat that we're seeing in parts of the country, that's going to be the new normal because climate change. Yeah. Yeah. Even though we just had a record breaking winter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it like, I mean, I was, I was, I lived at my, I was stuck at my house for a week in Mississippi two months ago because of the snow. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah. So, um, you know, I'm not bitter. Um, <laughs> I, I was glad when heat finally well, got here. But... In Mississippi, we don't get snow often. No, we so don't. So when we do, we enjoy it yes. until about a week later and then we're tired of it, <laughs> which, which we were here. Right. We had about two weeks of it. Well, uh, you used the phrase they're tired of it. Uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott is tired of the Biden administration not doing anything about the border crisis. We continue to have a lot of people coming over the border illegally and then disappearing into the vast wilderness that is the United States of America. Uh, but uh, Greg Abbott says he's going to do something about it. He's going to put up some state funds to build a border wall or continue building the border wall, and uh, apparently private citizens can uh, join in this. I've got a little bit of sound here from the governor, Clip 7. Homes are being invaded. Neighborhoods are dangerous, and people are being threatened on a daily basis with guns of people either coming across the border or those working with those who are coming across the border in the federal government's absence. Texas is stepping up to get the job done. Well, you know, this is interesting, Fred. Um, Traditionally, legally, the um, border is a federal issue managed by the federal government, but we have an administration which has neglected their role of providing border security on the southern border. So Governor Abbott says he's going to step in. Texas is going to build a border wall. Well, there's... It's the only solution because the state of Texas is responsible for the safety of its citizens. And you just heard Governor Abbott says houses are being broken into in Texas by people crossing the border illegally. Uh, We have seen uh, pictures, Mm -hmm. uh, sadly, only on Fox News for the most part, because the other mainstream media is in the pocket of the Biden administration when it comes to this story. Yeah. It's why Kamala Harris and Biden will not go to the border and because the mainstream media would go with them. This is what's going on. This, this is a crisis. Uh, we are faced now with hundreds of thousands. It's not an exaggeration, folks. No, a hundred, uh, uh, upwards of 200,000 a month. Yes, that's, uh, I think it was 160,000 at least documented in April. Right, that we're aware of. 180,000 in the month of May. And it shows no sign. There's no sign the Biden administration is going to stop this. Yeah. So you've got these people. They're putting them on buses. They're, they're going across people's property. It is why Democrat members of Congress whose districts are along the border are crying out yeah. to the president their president, Biden, saying, do something. Yeah, and Stop th- this, this. This is going to bring about an interesting legal discussion. If the federal government refuses to secure the nation's border, mm-hmm. can a, these states that do share the border with another country, can they intervene to secure their state border? I, yeah. So I, I, I'm not... I, I'm, 
We don't even have to comment Fascinating, because I yeah. don't know. I, I don't either. But if if you have a federal government, I think if the federal yeah. government is doing in, everything they can possible to secure the border, then clearly it's a federal issue. But if the feds neglect their duty, hey, can the know, state step in? When Trump was in office, you had California and other parts of the country saying we're going to do we're going to be a sanctuary state. I don't right. care what you say. Right. We're going to be a sanctuary state. Why why can't uh Texas say we're going to be a sanctuary state for Texans. Yeah, for American citizens, we're going to build the wall. So <laughs> I think yeah. President Trump's also going down there. To- President Trump and uh, yesterday the governor of Florida, yeah, Ron DeSantis, says he is sending police officers to help out in Texas and I think Arizona. Uh, he's sending police officers to help uh, uh, authorities in Texas and, the, and I think it is Arizona or New Mexico to help them with this problem. Now, you may say, well, that's just Ron DeSantis. He wants to run for the presidency in 2024. But no, I, I mean, he understands uh, the crisis that's going on, and you can debate about his motive, but he's trying to help out a fellow governor who sees this as right. a crisis. Yeah. Yeah, and that that is, um, that is legal because uh, the governor of Florida can send over state uh, law enforcement agencies, and they can be deputized in yeah. the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, on the line with us now on the show is Dr. Alex McFarlane, host of Exploring the Word here on American Family Radio. Alex is on each week with us. Alex, welcome to the show. Good morning, fellas. How you doing? Doing well. Uh, we want to get your, your input. Uh, I talked, uh, I did an interview with Todd Starnes yesterday on his show about the Southern Baptist Convention and what came about it, uh, came of it this week. And uh, I will say, um, it was there was some encouraging things to pull from the convention because uh, one of the more conservative candidates, uh, Alex, Mike Stone, he got uh, uh, near 50%, almost half of the vote uh, during the runoff presidential election at the Southern Baptist Convention. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, we had Mike Stone on the show one time on Exploring the Word on the American Family Radio Network. And uh, uh, I was not at the convention this year, but had I been, I would have voted for him. Um, Let me say this for those that probably know, but uh, the Southern Baptist denomination and really any denomination comes together to pool their resources for world missions. And part of the strength of the Southern Baptist over the last 35 years has been that they've been biblical, conservative, evangelistic. Now, in the news, they're, they're often criticized as being, quote, hard right. But for people like Adrian Rogers and the leaders that have uh, understood the mission of, of the church is to win the lost and fulfill the Great Commission, what some criticize as hard right I simply say, no, that's just biblical. That's just being faithful to the scriptures. Now, uh, it's come down in recent years to things like the nature of marriage, homosexuality, LGBTQ, trans issues, and then critical race theory. And those of us, and although I speak everywhere, I'm, I'm an ordained Southern Baptist, but I speak in all kinds of churches, but... I've, I've done my best, and Bert Harper has too, to proclaim what the Bible says. Now, all of that to say this, the, the man that was elected, Ed Litton, 
I don't know him, and I really don't know that much about him. I know that um, <laughs> within hours of his election, they changed some wording on his church's doctrinal statement to look a little more conservative, in my opinion. Uh, but what makes me sad, I think a lot of the conservative churches, because whether Ed Litton is moderate liberal or not, and I honestly don't really know, but he won with a 52% vote. That is not a mandate. That's a skin of your teeth, simple majority. Um, but I know a lot of conservative churches are probably going to withhold giving. And the thing that makes me concerned is any time that world missions suffers for lack of resources, uh, that's tragic. And I, I just wish the Southern Baptists were unified enough that, that when you've got a candidate like Mike Stone, who's biblical, and, you know, I would put him right up there with somebody like Adrian Rogers or, you know, one of the, or David Jeremiah, I wish the Baptists were unified enough that they could soundly, decisively get behind true biblicism, conservatism, and, and not have to go middle of the road. Because middle of the road is a good place to get run over. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a good yeah. point. Don't be, uh, don't, be, don't be lukewarm. Let's be all out for Christ and his word. Yeah, yeah we, we know what uh, the book of Revelation says about lukewarmness. Um, Alex, um, I don't think I'm oversimplifying things. Uh, we have done numerous stories in recent years about Russell Moore, now the former head of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. He resigned uh, just before this convention, uh, but he didn't go quietly. He had letters that were mysteriously released to the public, and the mainstream media picked up on them. The last letter uh, was from Russell Moore to the now past president, J.D. Greer, where he went on the attack against Mike Stone in this letter. That was a letter written May 30th. It got released to the public. All right. So I, I think the convention broke down this way. You had Russell Moore forces versus the conservative side that criticized Russell Moore. Ed Litton was endorsed by the Russell Moore crowd. I'm talking about Ed Stetzer. I'm talking about Dwight McKissick, uh, who was the black pastor from Texas who threatened to leave the SBC if they denounced critical race theory. So uh, that's where it shakes out right now. And I agree with you, uh, you know, the 40,000 or whatever congregations of the Southern Baptist Convention are autonomous, uh, but they speak with their pocketbooks. So we're going to be watching, I think, very carefully what happens to the cooperative fund which is the pot that these churches contributed to to help missions. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I just, I just, what I saw in this was uh, a, at least about half of the convention is buying into the cultural issues of critical race theory and that sexual abuse is happening on every corner and we have to do something about it. Yeah, Russell Moore uh, enjoyed painting himself as a victim and leaked letters, quote-unquote. I mean, I, I believe it was as well-planned as the menu at your favorite restaurant. I mean, it was no accident. And I, I remember reading one of the letters that uh, Russell Moore said that he had been, quote, uh, terrorized yeah. by leaders. 
Well, well, let me say, um, in the church world and in the business world, I mean, if you get a, a, a salary for a job, it is not terrorism for your supervisors to hold you accountable for the work you do. Yep. And, and um, th this is, and, and I don't want to demonize all these guys. Look, um, Ed Stetzer, Ed Litton, uh, Russell Moore, from everything I know, they believe in Jesus and they are born-again brothers in Christ, and I don't want to be unduly um, critical. But at the same time, look, wokeness is not where the church needs to go right now. And to try to be woke and politically you know, moderate to left and to... The, the surest way to make the gospel irrelevant is to try to make it relevant. The, the death, burial, and the resurrection of the Son of God for the payment of our sins, by whom we have a relationship through faith, with whom we have a relationship through faith, that's a timeless message. Yeah. And we, we're called to proclaim salvation and call sinners to repentance. Mm. And the, the mission of the church is not to placate sinners, but to make disciples. And, and so when Russell Moore was being, you know, the powers that be patiently for nearly a decade said, hey, uh, if you're going to endorse that paycheck, you need to represent our beliefs and values. That's not wrong for an employee to be compliant with the employer. That's right. Amen. All right, Alex, uh, exploring the word this afternoon, 3 p.m. Central. We encourage our audience to tune into that, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, Alex. Hey, God bless you all, and God bless America. All right. Thank you, brother. Well, there you have it, Dr. Alex McFarlane, commenting on the Southern Baptist Convention uh, that took place, the gathering that took place this week in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, Chris, what are a couple other headlines that you got? Well, this us? one's interesting. Um I think, uh, and certainly something we could see pick up in other stores. Uh, Fox News uh, covered this yesterday. Um, a grocery store uh, in the state of Wisconsin is giving its customers the option to choose color-coded bracelets to signal to other customers how comfortable they are with spontaneous interactions. This is uh, banking off a, another report from a news outlet called WESH.com. Here's what the color codes mean. Uh, red means stay away from me. A yellow color-coded band means elbow bump is fine. And then a green band means you can hug or a high-five. I was talking about this with you guys in the meeting, uh, but for those not in the meeting this morning, I found it very interesting because they're keeping all these things in kind of a community bowl for people to put their hands in and fish around or whatever else. And here we are for the last <laughs> year. We've been told time and time and time again to wash your hands and avoid sharing things with people that aren't in your immediate circle. And now we've you got know, a grocery store you chain know, doing this. some folks are just having a hard time gra grasping that we are no longer in a pandemic. COVID as a pandemic is gone. It is now just another illness. There's no emergency. We have vaccines for literally everyone. Mm -hmm. um, and, and Fred, the panic... The anxiety, the fear, it should be all diminishing. Yes. But the grocery store has got to keep a little bit of it around. 
Yeah, the grocery store. Is it Wisconsin? Is yes. It, it's, is it grocery chain or grocery store? Grocery chain. It, they have three locations. It's a grocery chain. Here's what I would do if I was in Wisconsin. Hugs for everybody. <laughs> I, no, I would put a blue band on, and I would go in the store as a Christian, and then people would notice I've got a band that does that's doesn't not in match the, everybody. Doesn't match yeah. everybody else, and they would ask me, "Well, what does the blue one stand for?" And I would say, "That stands for my Savior Jesus Christ." There you and go. let me tell you about them, and then give you, them a hug, and then give <laughs> give them a hug, share the gospel with them because. To me, that's an open door. Hey. It is the silliness yeah. can become an open door for the gospel. Scripture does tell us to greet another, to greet one another with a holy kiss. So you better yeah. not try well, that. Yes. Well, I will say this. <laughs> I will say this. When I go to the grocery store, if I don't know you, I typically don't do handshakes and hugs anyway. Right. <laughs> so I don't know if this is different. Um, but and we're pretty friendly here yeah. in the South. So, um, hey, listen, I've been to the great state of Wisconsin, beautiful state. I've been there a lot over the years. Um, you know, I, I've kind of got this. I, I'm starting to be rebellious. Yeah, and I'm not doing the fist bumps and that. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm doing firm handshakes uh-huh. and I'm doing hugs. Yeah, just because others aren't. Yeah, and I'm trying to bring it back. I give the head nod. To, Make so, hugs dude. cool again. Yes. Yeah. We're going to put that on. We should make a T-shirt and then put it in the store. Yeah, yes. make hugs cool again. Yeah, well, it is funny, though. One customer is quoted in this article as saying, this will probably put a lot of other folks at ease. But no. I don't think it will, because if you're going to see Sally from down the street wearing the red I don't, band, I don't it's like, what's enough, going on with look, Sally? When I go in the grocery store, I don't spend that much time looking for who to shake their hand or to fist bump. I do the pickup. Unless yeah. I know them. Unless they're I, it's, I, somebody I go to church with, a coworker. Mm. And even then, it's usually just a wave. Yeah. Um, so they're going to be uh, get your get your wristband before you grab your buggy. Yeah. <laughs> Brother. <laughs> All right. Good Today's time. issues, Chris. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, man. I'm going to elbow bump Steve Jordan. I'll give you a hug after okay. the show. All right. Today's issues, American Family Radio. We got a segment left uh, after this. After the five minute break, we'll be back with more with Steve Jordan. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.